Hey y'all, we're rerunning two episodes today, which means you might hear two hosts. Enjoy the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson and it's December 5th. The Mary Celeste was found adrift on this day in 1872 with no one aboard, and it was 400 miles or so east of the Azores. That's off the coast of Portugal. The Mary Celeste had departed from New York City on November 7th. Captain Benjamin Spooner Briggs was in command, and his wife Sarah and young daughter were on board the vessel as well, along with the crew. By December 5th, when the derelict vessel was found, it should have already arrived in its destination of Genoa, Italy. But instead, there it was adrift. One of its lifeboats was missing. The last log entry was dated November 25th. And inside, there was water in the bottom of the boat, about three and a half feet or a little more than a meter deep. One of the pumps that would have been used to remove this water was disassembled. But otherwise... Everything seemed pretty normal. The cargo and the stores seemed to be undamaged, more or less. There was plenty of food and water on board, at least six months' worth. And there was really no other clue what might have happened, what might have prompted the people on board to have abandoned ship. It was an experienced captain and crew. Nothing seemed that dangerous to prompt people to get into a lifeboat rather than staying aboard the ship. The ship that spotted the Mary Celeste was the Dei Gratia, and they sailed the Mary Celeste to Gibraltar. Normally, this would have been a simple matter of just working out the salvage rights once they got there. But the attorney general thought something seemed suspicious about all of this, and that led to a whole investigation into whether there had been some kind of foul play involved. Although that investigation didn't uncover any evidence of foul play, the crew of the Dei Gratia didn't get nearly as much money out of their whole salvage effort as they normally would have. So it seems as though maybe they still had some suspicion about them. The Mary Celeste, though, was fixed up and rechristened and put back into service where it had a relatively normal several years until it was run aground on purpose with its captain trying to commit some insurance fraud. This whole thing, though, was very mysterious. And because it's so mysterious, there's just been a lot of speculation about what happened. Some of it is very far-fetched, like sea monsters. Maybe sea monsters ate everyone. That didn't happen. A little more probable, perhaps there was a mutiny, perhaps it was pirates or some other kind of attack The cargo aboard was industrial alcohol, and so there's been a lot of speculation that maybe something caused fumes from the cargo to ignite, causing an explosion that was frightening enough that it caused everyone to flee. That one was discounted for a long time because there weren't any burn marks to suggest that an explosion had happened. But some more recent experiments have suggested that it is possible that there could have been an explosion that didn't catch anything alight. It's also possible that the crew became disoriented at sea and that that, combined with the faulty pump, led them to believe that they had a better chance of survival in the lifeboat than in the ship. Regardless of exactly what happened, though, the Mary Celeste has become one of history's most famous ghost ships. 
You can learn more about this in the June 24th, 2013 episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class. Thanks to Casey Pegram and Chandler Mays for their audio work on the show. You can subscribe to This Day in History Class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts, including the iHeartRadio app. You can tune in tomorrow for another Maritime Tale, although this one is a lot more tragic than mysterious. Hi, everyone. I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a podcast where we rip out a page from the history books every day. The day was December 5th, 1952. A dense layer of fog descended on London and covered the city for five days. The fog ended up killing thousands of people in what was the worst air pollution disaster in the United Kingdom. It was a particularly chilly time in the misty city of London since an anticyclone had caused cold, stagnant air to become trapped below warm air. Though factories had been moving out of the city and smog was not an issue as frequently as it once was, businesses and households still used a lot of coal. Fog mixed with sulfur dioxide and smoke that came from smokestacks, chimneys, and vehicles. Since smog and anticyclones happened relatively frequently in London, residents did not think much of the polluted fog. But the temperature inversion made it so that the smog could not rise, trapping it near the ground. And there was no wind to carry the smog away from the city. The smog began to get thicker, and it smelled of sulfur. It limited visibility to the point that people couldn't see their own feet. Because drivers were unable to navigate, transportation was brought to a halt. The London Underground could still operate, but boat traffic, flights, and trains could not. Emergency vehicles had difficulty getting through the city streets, leaving many people to walk to get help and crime rates to rise. Children stayed home from school and sporting events were canceled because the smog made its way into buildings, indoor events like plays and concerts were also canceled. The smog lifted on December 9th, when wind carried the smog away from the city into the North Sea. But the smog had been lethal. As people inhaled the toxic smog, they died of bronchitis and pneumonia. The elderly, children, and people who already had respiratory issues were particularly at risk of complications or death due to the smog. Many people choked to death or died of heart failure as they struggled to breathe. Animals died or became ill because of the smog. Around 4,000 people died in the immediate aftermath of the incident. But in the months after the smog, the death rate remained high as thousands more people than normal died because of the smog's effects. An estimated 12,000 people died due to the toxic smog. The devastation that the fog caused made clear the impact of air pollution. Still, government officials did not treat the issue with urgency. Some thought legislating cleaner air was unnecessary and alarmist. Some were worried about how expensive it would be to implement cleaner fuels. And some denied that smog caused the high death rate. It took an investigative committee to push the government to act. In 1956, the British government passed the Clean Air Act, which restricted the burning of coal in urban areas and authorized the establishment of smoke-free areas. 
Homeowners were also offered grants that would allow them to switch from coal heating systems to alternative systems that used oil, natural gas, or electricity. Even though smog caused more disasters in the following years, air pollution in London eventually improved as people converted from coal, and the Great Smog of London increased public awareness of pollution-related issues. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can find us on social media at TDIHC Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also shoot us an email at thisday at iheartmedia.com. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'll be back tomorrow with another one.